So I was 16 years old when my life ended. Well, actually, my former life <laughs> ended and my new life began. More specifically, I was given the great gift of a new heart. And when I say gift, I mean just that. I received a gift of a new heart and a new life. This was a gift I didn't deserve, but it was a gift I asked for and a gift that cost someone his life. With this gift, I also received a lifelong calling and mission and assignment to live differently, to be different than I was before. Since I couldn't do this in my own strength, I couldn't do this in my own power or ability, I was given the power to live a new life, a different life, by a helper. And here's the twist. This different new life belongs to someone else. And he wants to use my life to make an eternal, forever impact in other people's lives. To help them find the way to the giver of new hearts. This is my calling. This is my life's purpose. Would you pray with me? Lord, I pray that you would please, by your Holy Spirit, that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word and to what you would want to teach us and encourage us with today. Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand more fully through your word, who you are and what you've done. We pray that you'd be glorified in this place and we pray this in your son's name, Jesus, amen. Would you please look up at the screen with me and let's read together this scripture that Lita read so well just a minute ago. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. You shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. In the Old Testament of the Bible, written by the prophet Ezekiel, the entire nation of Israel has been exiled, been sent and scattered to foreign places. It's God who has exiled Israel because of her disobedience and her sinfulness. It's explained in Ezekiel a bit earlier than the passage we just read up here that Israel's disobedience has brought a curse upon the nation and her own land. The people of Israel have not only turned on each other, they've profaned God's name, dishonored God's name. They've turned against God. Not a good idea. 
God has cursed Israel because she's been disobedient and defiled him. So God has scattered, exiled Israel to primarily Babylon, now present-day Iraq. And she's been scattered to other nations as well. But since arriving in these foreign places, things have gone from bad to worse. Israel doubles down on her desecration of God's name. So when God promises to restore Israel, as he does here in Ezekiel 36, he does so primarily for the reputation of his own name, not just for Israel's sake, for his own reputation, for the honor of his own name. God wants the reputation and holiness of his name to be restored in the places where Israel has defiled it so that these other nations will know that he is God, not just of Israel, but of the whole earth. God's vindication of his holy name is accomplished through Israel being restored. The nations where Israel has been scattered will see that God has acted to bring Israel back from their captivity. It is God who has done this. And the dignity of His name, His name will be restored. It will be for His glory. God then promises to cleanse Israel with a spiritual cleansing. He promises promises to remove the accumulated filth of their idolatry and what has defiled them. Israel needs to be cleansed of the effects of their sin. If sin means offense against God, a transgression against the Lord, then certainly Israel needs this to be restored to Him. And it's only God that can accomplish this cleansing. These prophetic promises, the ones before this passage and the ones following, are spoken to the nation of Israel. But you know what? They're also referring to what will happen almost 600 years into the future. The coming of the giver of new hearts, Jesus. When I sat down on the front steps of my friend Nick's house overlooking the Pacific Ocean on that spring day when I was 16 years old, when my old life ended and my new life began, I realized at that point that I needed a new life Because Nick and my other friend Cynthia had invited me to a Bible study. (laughs) They invited me, an unbeliever, to a Bible study where there were other believers in Christ to learn about the grace of Jesus. And because of that, I realized that I needed to be cleansed. I needed a cleansing of my sin but not just from the outside, not just the effects of my sin on the outside. I needed a cleansing 
of my sin from within. I needed a cleansing of sin that was more than just a superficial cleansing. I needed a Savior. I needed someone to rescue me, to save me from myself, from my own sinful walk, my own sinful light. I needed a Savior to cleanse me, to wash me clean from more than just the effects of my sin, but clean from sin itself. From living a life which dishonored Him. From living a life that was actually in defiance of Him. From living a life of disobedience to Him. I needed a new clean life. A new clean heart. An exchanged heart. And I know... And I knew then that it is only Jesus who could give it to me because He had died upon a cross for me. It was only His shed blood that could make me clean. Only His shed blood. And so, my two friends prayed that I'd receive the cleansing of Jesus by receiving Him, Jesus, the giver of new hearts into my life as the Lord of my life. I left behind my old life of disobedience to God and I turned to Him. Just as God kept His promise to send Messiah, Jesus, to a darkened world, so He kept His promise to give us new life by giving us a new heart. And that's what this passage talks about. This is the promise fulfilled in Jesus. When I received Christ as my Savior, I received a new heart. There was an exchange of hearts. My old heart was exchanged for Jesus' new heart, the one that He gave me. Old for new. At that point when I said, yes, Jesus, come into my life. Rule on the throne of my life. He exchanged my stubborn, willful, inflexible, darkened, hardened heart for a new, clean heart in submission to God and in love with God. A heart where He could make His home. I was given a heart transplant. But the Lord didn't just stop there. As it says here, He kept His promise to give me His Spirit, His living presence and power. So He now, by His Spirit, lives in me. So the exchanged life that I lead and the exchanged life that you lead if you have received Christ into your heart is a Spirit-led life. Because of His Holy Spirit living in us, He leads us and He guides us. 
He's the one who gives us power to follow after Jesus. Apart from his power, we can't do it. I can't do it. I can't live for Jesus without the Holy Spirit in me. So this scripture from Philippians 2, it says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Can we read that together? For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Philippians 2. Apart from his spirit, there's no way I could honor God to please him, to follow him. It's him. It's the Spirit, it's His Spirit working in me, both to work will and to work for His good pleasure. I need to cling, I need to cling to His Spirit to follow Christ. So how do I do this? How do I cling to His Spirit? I need to pray constantly for His Spirit to be evident in my life. I need to live into His Spirit, to lean on His Spirit's power, to live out my life as a follower of Christ. I need His Spirit to remind me that I cannot live this life in my own power. To remind me that a self-propelled life doesn't honor God. I need His Spirit to propel me, to drive me forward and onward by His power. I also need to spend lots of time in His Word, discovering on a deeper level each day who He is and what He's done for me, to saturate my life in His Word, to be marinated in His Word. So I have a question for you. What are ways that you live into God's Spirit, depend on His Spirit, to live your life as a follower of Christ? What things do you do to live a Spirit-filled life? Can some of you give me some answers? Go ahead and speak those out with strong voices. What do you do to lean, to live into His Spirit. Spend time in His Word. Yeah. You sing all day to God. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So you worship Him. Yeah. What other ways can we lean into, live into His Spirit? Bring Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Tammy. So you open your eyes and your heart to what the Spirit would reveal to you through His Word so that you can live dependent on His Spirit. So I have an example for you. A way that I recently leaned into His Spirit, dependent on His Spirit to lead me and guide me. I met 
a couple that follow another faith. In this case, it was the Muslim faith. Just met them. Actually, I met them out in the parking lot here at Harvest. And as I saw them approaching, I knew that they were coming to talk to me. And so I just prayed to myself quietly. I prayed that God, by His Spirit, would give me the words to speak. I didn't know that they were from another faith as they were walking up to me. I just know they were coming up to me to talk to me. But I prayed quietly, kind of under my breath, that God would give me words to speak to them. And He did. So the exchanged life is also a crucified life because it doesn't belong to us. If Jesus is our Lord, then our lives were purchased on the cross. Our lives are not our own property. They're His possessions. In Galatians, where Paul says that I am crucified with Christ, he means that I identify with Him and the cross where He gave His life for me. My life is no longer central. My life is no longer the focus. It's His life that is the point of my life. The life you see me living is not mine, but it's Christ who lives in me. His is the life I really want you guys to see. Can we read this scripture together? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. So if I'm living a crucified life, if the life of exchanged life is a crucified life, then I'm following Christ to the cross. So what does that mean? I'm taking up my cross and following Him. I'm dying to myself. The desires that drive me to seek my own way and I'm humbling myself under Jesus' control and His leadership. His Lordship. So living a crucified life means living a servant's life. If Jesus is your Lord and you are His servant, it means that you are willingly and joyfully humbling yourself before God. You're totally surrendering your life to Him. Jesus, just as Jesus surrendered His life to His Father, we're setting aside our rights and we're exchanging them for the will of God. So what does a crucified life, a life completely under the control of Christ, look like to you? Can you give me some answers? What does a crucified life look like to you? Obedience. Obedience. 
taking every thought captive. Thank you. What does a, what is a crucified life to you? What does that mean in your own life? Joyful. Being willing to confess your sin to another brother or sister in Christ. And what was the second part of that, Amy? Um, well, then I can verbally process and figure out how I can then confess to the Lord, live that transformed life, what's the new step. That and I that's in order to live a transformed life. Bearing with somebody else. Be vulnerable with them. Yeah. Being vulnerable to somebody else as you're confessing your own sin helps you to do that. Thank you. Yeah. So an example, some examples of um, taking up your own cross and following after Jesus, the crucified life. A couple examples come to my mind. Number one, maybe you're somebody who's very successful in their career and God, and maybe you're up for a promotion and God speaks to you and said, I want you to go in a different direction. I want you to serve on the mission field. I want you to be fully invested in your career, in your life, in another ministry. What will you do? If God is speaking this to you, will you give up the thing that maybe you think is the most successful thing to do? and go with what God wants you to do. So other people that take up their cross and follow Him, <laughs> I think of moms and dads who are raising kids to know Jesus as their Savior. So thank you, all you parents out there, for doing just that, for taking up your own cross and following after Jesus. So the exchanged life is also a life of worship to Christ. Can we read the scripture together? I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. It's Romans 12.1. So the exchanged life, our exchanged lives, our lives of worship to God because it's our response of love to Jesus who has saved me and cleansed me. I love what you were saying, brother, about you're giving thanks to God, you're singing to Him all day long, you're worshiping Him with songs of praise. I love that. So it's, your life is a response to what Jesus has done for you. So the calling I received when Christ became my Lord was to share about my exchanged life with others, especially those who don't yet know the giver of new hearts. As an act of worship, this was my act of worship to do this, to share about my exchanged life and my new heart with others. My life is now an offering of worship to God, as it says here. 
It's now my act of worship to Jesus to help others follow Him, to know Him deeper, to move closer to Him. This is my act of worship to Him. I live my life differently now than before my exchanged life. I live in the power of God's Spirit and I lean into His power and His strength. His Spirit helps me to obey God, to be what God has already made me to be in Jesus. Not to live my life only to please myself. It's not focused on me now. My life is no longer my own, but it belongs to Christ. By the power of His Spirit, I can follow Jesus as His disciple. So what are ways that you live your life as a sacrifice of worship to Jesus? How are ways that you live your life as a sacrifice of worship to Jesus? And how can you do that more? Can you give me some answers? How do you live your life as a sacrifice to Jesus of worship? Being hospitable. Be willing to arrange your schedule. So the schedule in your life. Yeah. Say that again, please. Trying to be nice. Yeah. Oh, kind. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, deny. Okay. The Holy Spirit helps us, yeah. Couldn't do it without Him. Giving of our energy. Giving of our energy. Giving of our energy. Okay. Yeah. So let me give you an example. So encouraging a friend, using God's Word to help them follow after Jesus, meeting an unbelieving neighbor for coffee, sharing about your exchanged life with them, helping a brother or sister in Christ to work out their redeemed life and reminding them that it's actually God who lives in them to do what brings Him the most pleasure. So worship team, would you come on up please? So, my question to you is, are you living the exchanged life? A life that is spirit-led? A crucified life? A life that is a living offering to Jesus? And how are you putting into practice your exchanged life? How are you discipling others to have an exchanged life that is closer to Jesus? If you're here this morning and you don't yet know Jesus as your Savior and you'd like to have a heart transplant right now, I would love to meet with you up front here right after the service to answer any questions you have, to pray for you. And there are others like Pastor Matt who will be up here in the front as well as some of our elders. And we'd love to pray for you Again, to answer any questions you have, to talk about what 
I have just shared about the exchanged life, about the heart transplant that Jesus gives us. We'd love to talk to you about that. In fact, if you'd like prayer for anything, <laughs> if you are a, uh, a believer in Christ or you don't yet know Him, please come on up. We'd love to pray for you. Would you pray with me, please? Lord God, I pray that You would help us to more deeply understand what this exchanged life is. Help us to understand more deeply what it means to depend on Your Spirit, to live and to lean into Your Holy Spirit. Thank You for giving us Your Spirit. We couldn't do any of this without Him, without You giving us the power. Thank You that it's not I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And I live this life by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Help us to remember all these things, Lord God, as we live this life for You as an offering of worship. Help us to understand what that means more daily as we look into Your Word, as we spend time in prayer and worship to You. Reveal to us by Your Spirit what it means to live the exchanged life. And we pray all of this in Your name, Jesus. Amen.